0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to TCG Cast. We are here with episode 102, and we are going to be talking about Star Wars Unlimited Leaders, who is our favorite leader, and some of the synergies with these decks that we're gonna be building, because this game is coming out in a month and a half. Oh my gosh, it's super exciting, because we started a year ago with an announcement, and then there have been many reveals. There have been content creators doing all kinds of cool stuff. Fantasy Flight Games has been doing streams. In our last episode, we had designers come on the show talking about what this game is all about. And now we're going to have some fun and talk about some of our favorite leaders, some of our favorite cards, and building a deck, kind of putting synergies together. So thanks for joining us. And with us, as always, our co-pilots are going to be Greg and Chris. How
1: are y'all doing? How's it going? Happy to be back. Uh, Of course, our last episode was a very special one indeed uh, hope everyone listened to it. Uh, a lot of good info in there, but, uh, yeah, we're continuing to be excited for the upcoming release of Star Wars Unlimited. And, uh, the fact that it really just said in that you said it's a month and a half, uh, <laughs> month and a half away, but, uh, yeah, I just checked the, check the date. It's 100% true. And, uh, yeah, we'll see how the game turns out. Launch is imminent.
2: I am super excited to be back. It's been a while, but I'm um, good to hear you guys' voices and ready to talk about some card games.
0: Yeah, it's it's a great time of year to be a card game player because Lorcana has a set coming out in February, so next month. Then we have Star Wars Unlimited as a brand new card game coming out in a month and a half. And then on top of that, we've got games like Sorcery, which Chris Bates is super into and we're going to talk about in a future episode um, there's a new Pokemon set coming out in January and like I think next week there's a new magic set coming out there there's just so many things for trading card game players uh, but the big new hot thing for 2024 that a lot of people are talking about is Star Wars Unlimited this is a brand new trading card game coming from Fantasy Flight Games this is a very classic style game where you have a base and that shows a health point total similar to magic The gathering where you as a planeswalker have a health total and your job is to deplete the health from the base before your opponent KOs your base what's interesting about this game is there are two zones that you're playing in or two arenas one is the space arena one is the ground arena so your units have a iconography symbolism whatever you want to call it that denotes this is a unit that can be played on the ground So, that's going to be your infantry, your troops, your ATST, ATRT, things like that, snow speeders. And then you have a space arena where you're going to have X wings, Y wings, TIE fighters, star destroyers, stuff like that. And then in the middle is your leader. And that's actually the thing that we're going to be talking about on this episode because the leader and the base are the two most important things in your deck building because the leader will give you a aspect or a color and your base will give you another aspect or color and you put those two together to build your deck so for example my favorite character or leader at this point in the game is grand admiral Thrawn. so this is a yellow villain or i think the aspect is called cunning so it's basically yellow and black and then the color i'm pairing with it is dagobah swamp which is blue So my deck can build blue, yellow, and black car types. Now, the cool thing about Star Wars Unlimited that a lot of other games don't have is you can actually play any color in the game. So there's red, green, uh, yellow, blue, black for villainy. And then heroes are white or tan. I'm not entirely sure what that color is offhand. So uh, you can play any card with any aspect in any deck. You just pay additional resources per symbol that your deck doesn't provide so for example uh again grand emerald Thrawn provides yellow black and blue so if i were to play a card with a red symbol i would have to pay a tax of plus two resources If it was a green and red, then I would pay a tax of plus four resources. Or if it was like, you know, a hero card in green, again, there's the hero iconography, which would cost me two resources, and the green icon that would cost me additional two resources. So you can play literally anything in any deck, but you're going to pay an extra tax for cards essentially out of color. So when you're building decks, 99% of the time, you're going to have a primary color from your leader and then a secondary color from your base. You can do double of the same color. So I could do a Grand Admiral Thrawn in yellow and then a base in yellow as well, which for this example could be something like, uh, you know. Chopper base or administrator tower, so my deck would be providing two yellow symbols and one black symbol, and then you know if you play a card that has double yellow symbols, I don't have to pay an additional tax, etc., etc. Uh, but the first thing we're going to do is talk about our favorite leaders, and before we get into the nuts and bolts and nitty gritty, I want to hear
1: from you guys: what are your favorite leaders right now, and why are you jamming on those characters? I guess I'll I'll, I'll start us off so. I really like Chewbacca walking carpet <laughs> from the set. Um, he's, he's blue and white. Um, and of course, as most leaders are in the game, they kind of start on a more passive role uh, where you can um, you know tap them and activate an ability. And of course, they deploy into a character card on the ground um, later in the game. Um, But this one's really interesting because you can um, tap the card, play a unit that costs three or less from your hand by paying its costs, of course. So you don't cheat on any resource that way, but it does gain Sentinel until um, uh, Sentinel for the phase, basically. Uh, And then units in the area, uh, Sentinel reads units in this arena can attack your non-Sentinel units or bases. Um, So basically that reads exactly what it is on the tin. Um, It's, you know, kind of blocking <laughs> other things or the, the opponent for making the exact actions that they want. So you kind of have to clear the Sentinel thing before really doing anything else. Um, and really, I think Chewbacca kind of um, emphasizes this creative deck building approach where you're kind of locked into, you know, three or three or less things, but you really have to think about what kind of synergies work, what things you want to have Sentinel, because some things are like, okay, well, I'd rather this, you know, <laughs> live a little bit longer. But um yeah, right now, I think just kind of deck building with Chewbacca is really interesting. And of course, as we get more and more reveals, it's just um, kind of adding new things that you can kind of add to this deck list strategy. So I'm really liking Chewbacca so far.
2: Yeah. I am excited for uh, Darth Vader. Obviously, um, very iconic Star Wars character. You, you know, you obviously need a, a Vader um, early in the game. So I'm glad to see they put Vader and Luke um, in the first set. Uh, but Darth Vader dark lord of the sith i'm excited for him so we'll talk about it in a minute
0: yeah so we're just going to jump right on in and i'm going to lead off with my favorite leader which we've talked about here is grand admiral thrawn so his ability is when the action phase starts look at the top card of each player's deck and he also has an action for one resource and tapping or exhausting whatever term they use you can tap this character card or this leader card reveal the top card of any player's deck and this game is built around multiplayer so you could have one v one three player four player etc so you reveal the top player top card of any player's deck exhaust a unit that costs the same as or less than the revealed card and then as an epic action if you control five or more resources you can deploy this leader And as a leader unit, he goes into the uh, ground area. Uh, His resource cost would be six if you were to play him for some reason, uh, three attack, nine HP keywords are Imperial and official. And then he has very similar stats as a unit. When the action phase starts, you can look at the top card of each player's deck. And then on attack, you may reveal the top card of any player's deck exhaust a unit that costs the same as or less than the revealed card. So most of the power is coming from Thrawn's ability to look at the top card of each player's deck. And then as a leader, not a unit, but as a leader, you can pay one resource and you can exhaust something on the field, exhaust any unit that would cost the same as, equal to, or less than the card you reveal. So the two big things that make Thrawn really, really interesting, this is absolutely a control card, 100%. You're trying to control the pace of the game, you're trying to control the pace of what your opponent is doing, and you also get card knowledge, and that's a huge, huge thing. Being able to even if you just said you got to look at the top card of each opponent, like each player's deck, that'd be good. But the ability to do it every single turn at every single player. So if you have multiple people, you get to look at all the cards. It gives you the opportunity to kind of guesstimate what's coming up, what your opponent's deck is built around, what kind of synergies they have, what kind of deck archetype they're going for. Because the first game you play in a tournament, usually you're playing like best two out of three, even if you're playing casually you generally don't know what is in the opponent's deck. Even if you see a leader in a base, like you have a fundamental idea of, you know, here's a, here's a hero, here's a villain here, color combinations. So you have a, a fundamental idea of what those colors could do, but being able to actually like look and physically see like, Oh, this card is in their deck. You can figure out ways to play around that card. They could choose to resource that card into their resource pile. Um, You can use that card against them. So if it's a high resource card, then you can just tap the leader, pay a resource, and boom, you can exhaust something on your opponent's field, which means it doesn't get to attack. It doesn't get to activate abilities. It really doesn't get to do anything. And it could could really scare people from doing certain things because they might not want to play some of their punchy characters knowing that in the future turn that they'll just get locked down um also just knowing like hey this person is about to get a removal card on the next turn i should probably not play something really big and scary because they'll just get rid of it so it gives you an offensive and a defensive tool just knowing what is coming and it, it's so on theme like thrones just always like one two three steps ahead of you and this ability allows you to constantly know what is in the opponent's hand now they are going to be drawing two cards per turn so you only get to see 50% of what the opponent is drawing but still knowing what's in their hand is better than not knowing anything at all and again the threat of being able to just activate an ability tap your leader exhaust a a unit it's it's huge and you can build your deck to complement that ability by having a lot of high powered um or high costing cards in your deck so that way you're constantly hitting cards that have high resource values and then you can just keep your opponent locked out with their you know biggest thing and then if you can't play the card you can send it to the resource pile if you can't play the card you've got you know a nice nasty bomb to throw on the table. So,
2: what do you guys think about Thrawn? I love Thrawn, um, the character in the books um, and, and the show, and then all the other Star Wars media. He's one of my favorite Star Wars characters, villains, whatever. Um, he's kind of anti hero. Uh, this, I agree with you that I think the card is pretty thematic for what Thrawn likes. Thrawn's always the smartest guy. He, like, you know, he's not necessarily the most physically strongest person, but he is the smartest guy in the room functionally, I think it's a little, um, you know, looking at a top card, each player's deck, every turn can get a little old, I think, like just, just mechanically. So I, I, I don't know about that part of it. I'll be interested to see how that actually goes, you know, goes into play. Um, and the fact that you also, you know, especially those early rounds, many of those cards are going to be resourced. I'm not sure if it's really card knowledge, the fact that they could just, you know, you know that you don't know which one they resourced either, you know, so you don't know. It's kind of hard about what, what your actual knowledge is of their hand. Um, so I'm just interested to see if it keeps up as a control deck versus like like a lot of these cards that look very aggro, right? But yeah, no, I, th- I think thematically it's it's fair it's 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 pretty good um, to what the character does in the in the media.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, the first thing that came to my mind really is just Lantern of Insight from MTG, <laughs> you know, like because oh, yeah, that's yeah. that's what Thrawn is doing, and of course, you know, with just one set, there's not going to be anything. Nearly as degenerate as what Lantern Control ended up developing to be (laughs) um, in Modern, but (laughs) that deck is.
0: I love that deck. That
1: deck is insane. Probably one of the most skill intensive decks in Magic. I could never play that for sure. But um, yeah, it's interesting. Um, Chris brings up a good point. It may be a little bit cumbersome to kind of deal with that. um, You know, at the start of every single turn, uh, but at the end of the day, in order to functionally have this thing work, um, you know, it had to have been every single turn. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. There's a lot of cool build-arounds or decks that you can do. And then, you know, just being able to be kind of just one step ahead and exhausting their characters and being able to take them out kind of before uh, the opponent can really get to do what they want with them uh, creates a pretty interesting play pattern um, that is very welcome in Star Wars Unlimited. And of course, as Chris also brought up, a lot of things are very aggro, a lot of proactive, board-developing, attack-based sort of strategies right now. So... Just being able to round out the design space in just a way that, you know, there are these archetypes, um, of course, shows that FFG is knowing what they're doing uh, <laughs> so far. So i interested in seeing how, yeah, the metagame develops from here and where Thrawn is going to end up kind of on that tier list. But, of course, that's a topic for an entirely different podcast episode.
2: I'll just say one more thing, too. Like a, a, a very limited play. Obviously, we don't have the full car set yet. We've been playing online a little bit. Um but again, the one cost reversibility. It just seems like the the heroes that don't have a cost associated with what they're doing, um, unless it's a you know again it's it's you're you're hoping that you hit to exhaust somebody right, um, and you're spending one to do that. So I think that's that's a little rough than some other things where you know that it's gonna it's gonna hit no matter what, right? Yeah, so if it feels free. Yes, I think so free, I better. think it'd be amazing, right? Yeah. Um. So there's just a, the cost, um, for what you're getting. Again, I don't know. Um. But I. I mean, again, I love Thron so I hope that I'm wrong and I hope that it becomes a real control deck in the meta
0: yeah that's that's a fair assessment. I think it's going to be the least interesting with set one and the most interesting after the first block with the, right. the three sets that have been designed together um traditionally with an ability like this, you would want to be going first because at that point you would hope to reveal a card that's big enough to tap down your opponent's biggest threat um, there there aren't a lot of cards at this point there there are no cards at this point in the recording that come into play untapped most of the cards that come into play have something called ambush where when you play them they can immediately attack but at that point they're exhausted so you're not frequently sitting on a card that's just available for Thrawn to to exhaust. So a Thrawn player generally would want to go first, hope that they luck sack into a card that has a resource value equal to or higher than a threat. And then the first thing you do is action, tap Thrawn, tap that thing down, and it's you know not going to do much. But there is still constantly a threat of being able to use the ability whenever you want. And usually it's not the big... Th- Like, the big bombs, the big threats that are going to be a problem if you build your deck well, in this case. Normally, it's the small little things that you just don't want to deal with. Like, your C-3PO, your R2-D2. Like, you just don't want those to go off. And... uh, Right we're going to talk a little bit about some of the cards that I think synergize really well with uh, Thrawn in a blue and yellow scenario. So this is purely a control deck build. Um, We're just going to kind of talk a little bit about certain cards that synergize well with Thrawn. And first off, I want to lead with uh, the card that we actually revealed on our last episode. So the deck I built was kind of Synergizing around Pirated Starfighter, it's got an ability that says, when you play this card, return a friendly non-leader unit to its its owner's hand. So Pirated Starfighter is a really great card because you can put a lot of characters, units, abilities that say, when played, do a thing into your deck. And you can use Grand Admiral Thrawn to constantly keep looking and go, okay, hey, this is coming so I can prepare for it. Next turn. Hey, my opponent is getting this card in their hand, so I need to play around it. So, Pirated Starfighter, I think, is a really fun card because you can use it to essentially bounce or scoop up all of the units that do cool things and then replay them for more effects. So, the first thing I wanted to synergize with was Count Dooku, the Darth Tyrannus. He's a uh, seven drop, he's got blue and black, uh, five attack, four HP force separatist sith he has the shielded keyword so when you play this unit give him a shield token which means you basically take a free hit and nothing happens Uh, but the big thing that i love about this is when you play count dooku you may defeat a unit with four or less remaining hp so you can play count dooku you get to defeat a unit he gets a shield something attacks him the shield just falls right off He can then attack someone. As long as he doesn't die, I can play Pirated Starfighter and then replay him again on a future turn, defeat another unit, give him another shield, and kind of do that rinse, wash, repeat combo. So I like that combo a lot. Um, Another card that I think works particularly well is uh, Inferno Four. So this is a two-cost blue space unit. It's got uh, blue and black colors, two-attack, 3 HP, And when you play this card or when it's defeated, look at the top two cards of your deck. Put any number of them on the bottom of your deck and the rest on top in any order. So you can look at the top two cards. You can then reorganize them. If you happen to see a card that would be a high enough resource cost... You can put it on top and then use Grand Admiral Thrawn's ability to exhaust something. If both cards are bad, you can just put them at the bottom and you can like basically scry and keep digging through your deck. So you're getting closer to the things you want. Uh, and it works when you play it and when it's defeated. So if you play it and you get some value out of it and then it gets defeated you get to do it again, you can use Pirated Starfighter to uh, cycle through Inferno Force. So you play it, maybe attack. Play Pirate Starfighter, bounce Inferno 4 back to your hand. If you have enough resources, you could play it again and do the effect again. So you can dig through your deck really, really, really quick and get to those cards you really, really want to see. Um, and some of the big ones in this deck are going to be like Boba Fett with Disintegrator, the Legendary Rare, Fett's Fire Spray, the um, six-drop space unit. Uh, there's, there's just a lot of really interesting things. AT-AT Suppressor. So you're, you're just looking for very specific cards to deal with very specific scenarios. Um, another cool thing with this control deck is there's a lot of great, and I mean like really great control cards in the blue and yellow package. So No Good To Me Dead is a two-cost yellow event that just says exhaust a unit, that unit can't ready this round. So you're offline. Uh, Outmaneuver is a three-cost yellow event. Choose an arena, ground, or space. Exhaust ev- every unit in that arena. Like you're just tapped down. Uh, search your feelings you can tutor so it's a four cost blue uh, event search your deck for card draw it and then you've got vanquish for five resources in blue just defeat a non-leader unit greg has used this on my palpatine way too many times i hate him
1: <laughs>
0: and then change of heart a six cost yellow event take control of a non-leader unit at the start of the regroup phase its owner takes control of it so you can use i've got 18 control events so you're using these control events to Keep the pace of the game slow. Take threats off the board. Set up the game state so you can then play it on your turn. Fett's Fire Spray, AT, AT Suppressor, Count Dooku. Um, There's a Del Miko. It's a three cost blue black card. Three attack, three HP. Uh, Restore one. But the best thing is each event an opponent plays costs one resource more. So you're slowing your opponent down. You're keeping their threats off the board. You're using Count Dooku to defeat things, your removal spells to defeat things. Uh Regional Governor has an effect that says one play. It's a two-cost blue uh one four body. And when you play it, name a card. Well, this unit is in play. Opponents cannot play the named card.
1: And guess what? You know what cards they're
0: going to get. <laughs> exactly. So you can use the regional governor. And then I'm also running entrenched. It's a two cost uh, attachment and upgrade in blue attached unit cannot attack bases. It gives you plus three, plus three. So defensively, I can put it on my regional governor to make her a four, seven. Or offensively, I can attach an Entrench to one of your characters and they can't attack my base. Their stat lines are insane, but you can't deal damage to my base. So this deck is all about saying no, basically cutting you out of the game, keeping you exhausted, removing your threats, turning off all of your abilities. And then I'm going to pop down my ATAT suppressor, which says when played, exhaust all ground units. It's an 8-8 for 8 in blue and black. Um, it's just, I've got all these bodies that the moment we get to turn six, seven, and eight, I'm hoping to drop threat after threat after threat, and then recycle them with pirated starfighter and uh, good luck. I hope I just don't have to deal with anything on your end, but that's kind of the idea behind the throne control deck. You're really, really wanting to take control of the, like the pace of the game and not let your opponent have any kind of quarter, no space, no app, no options, no nothing.
1: Yeah. Sugi being the anti fun player, like always. On brand, oh come on! on brand. <laughs> what? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just kidding. Um. But yeah. I, I was. Uh. I was waiting for you to mention regional governor there. I think you brought it up at the very end, but I was like, I was going to bring it up if you didn't. Um. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it just it seems like the synergy is pretty obvious there, and then. Uh, you even brought up the entrenched combo to make it a little bit harder to pick off because, of course, that's not a forever effect. It's as long as regional is in play. So yeah, being able to provide a little bit more resilience to that character as they just have it stuck in their hand. And then hopefully after they can't deal with it over a certain amount of time, if you exhaust their stuff and things like that, they'll be like, okay, fine. I know I can't play it. It's going to resource, <laughs> you know? So yeah. eventually you may just be able to, I guess by force of natural selection or whatever you want to call it, uh, just, you know, the, the cards out of the game, you know, it's, it's, it's out of the pool. You don't have to worry about it. Um, Yeah. I mean, Thrawn seems very fascinating Um, to play. Uh, probably very annoying to play against. And uh, yeah, I think that <laughs> that pretty much summarizes Thrawn in my mind to, yeah, to a degree.
0: Yeah, and that's not even accounting for the hand control version where you've got a bunch of cards in yellow or cunning that allow you to look at the opponent's hand and then discard cards. So you could do a combination of control and hand disruption where you're keeping their board empty, you're keeping their hand empty, and then you just have a couple of major threats that they probably can't deal with by the time they get onto the board and i mean there's there's so many different functional builds uh it's it's absolutely fascinating because like if you think about there's a nine cost blue villain avenger that's got uh eight it's an eight eight and it says when played on attack an opponent chooses a non-leader unit they control defeat that unit so that's probably going to go in this deck actually so that way by the time we get up to speed and basically taking control of the game whatever's on the battlefield once Avengers starts swinging eight damage into a base is no joke and they have to drop a body that's not fun right but that's my that's my take on Thrawn control uh but i know mr chris bates you've got darth vader who's also he's a very interesting unit or a very interesting leader because he can be played both in the control or in a very aggressive deck style. So tell us a little bit about uh, your deck and what you put together.
2: Yeah, I think... Okay, so again, Darth Vader, Dark Lord of the Sith. I think of him more as a, as an aggro character, um, but I, I do agree you could play, play either way. Um, he is villainy and aggression, so red and black. Um, his ability says action, spin one, exhaust. If you played a villainy card, this phase deal one damage to a unit and one damage to a base. So again, two damage um, for one resource, which is, you know, again, compared to Thrawn, you know it's gonna happen, right? You know, you're gonna be able to do the one and one to get to the inevitable end. And When he flips on uh, six or seven resources to his unit side, if you want. um, And he is uh, uh, five attack, eight toughness. Um, On attack, you may deal two damage to a unit. Um, so he just does, you know, he does a lot of damage. Um, well, the two damage has to go to a unit, but even swinging for five is really, really powerful. I think, you know, the, the deck you want to you want to get as many villainy cards as you can, right? So um, definitely running him multicolored, probably probably red and black um, is what was intended, um, just so you can make sure you're hitting, triggering that that ability every round if you want to. Some cards I think that really go to that style. I mean, they're not they're not surprise here, but um, Vader's lightsaber is a is a red and black card attached to non vehicle unit. When played, um, you get to do, if you play it on Vader, you get to do forward damage to a ground unit just right off the bat. Just clear the clear a unit off. Um, gives a plus three attack and plus one defense or toughness. So that's a great item for this deck. Another card I really like is Force Choke. Um, if you control a force unit, which Vader is a force unit. Um, this event costs one less to play, so it costs one instead of two. Deal five damage to a non-vehicle unit. That unit's controller draws a card. So again, that I mean, that five damage kills most units of the game. You know, even a lot of leaders. It can it can one shot a lot of leaders. So it's a that's a, a very powerful card, especially for for one resource. So yeah, just putting in, putting them up some some uh, black cards that do damage. Obviously, we want a really part of the game is balancing out your ground and air cards right so i think with him obviously you want to consider overloading the ground because he has a ground unit just trying to control the ground arena um, and make sure you get damage through to get cleared out to get to the base yeah i mean that's, i've had a lot of fun there's a very fast you could play it a very fast deck i th- you know i think that if you wanted to play it a different way there the carpool that we've seen already um you could sit back and again you know, just focus on being defensive and, and knowing you're triggering the damage to the base every round. Right. But I, th- I think you really want to try to flip them on seven and, and just like start hitting them for five, right. Eight. If you get, get, get the light on them, you could just wreck up a ton of damage real fast. What do you guys think?
1: Um, I love from a design standpoint, how he was specifically printed as like the foil or direct counter to all the shield triggers in the game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's very hilarious how, well, I mean, for, yeah. for good reason too, right? Like, this effect in other games is like, it can quickly spiral out of control. Cause you're like, I'm playing good on rate creatures or characters mm-hmm. in this case where it's like, okay, well they're good on rate, but the issue is that I don't have a way to ping something or like, right. you know, attack it small. If I have a small, small guy that goes in, he's going to die and you're just going to, you know, it's, it's as if nothing happened there. And so, you know, I'm glad that there's this counter balance in the game already. Um, and even more so, uh, just, uh, printed as a complete counter to the Luke that we see in the same right. um, Star decks that were designed to be played together, but um, uh, yeah, for more from a deck building standpoint, there's definitely a lot of um, room to to work with here. Of course, in villainy, that's you know a whole half of the card pool, presumably, right? So there's a lot of stuff to um, work w- with as well. And I love how. Um, yeah, we, t- we talked about this a bit where, like, aggro versus control, being able to play both of them. But, like, that slow chip damage to where it's like, all right, no matter what happens, I may be clearing the board. Your your base is going to slowly chip away over right. the course of 30 turns, you know? Like, you basically set up a 30-turn clock from game one. Not saying that games go that long. Of course, it's not just, you know, leader ability versus leader ability. It's not what this game's all about. Of course not. But um, just having that there is, like, just... You, you feel safe with it, you know, because like there's some inevitability in this game where it's like, OK, I know eventually we're going to get there. I can I can focus on board clearing now. I'm not too worried about the base because I know that over time through attrition, I can grind them out. Um,
2: the base damage really adds up. Kind of, you know, you think you hear one and one. Right. But yeah. I think I think if it was just one, if, I think it was just if it just did damage to units or if it just did damage to base, I think I like that they split it just because yeah. that the game is about. Obviously, the game is about defeating the other person's base, but typically, especially with all these Sentinel units, whatever else, you're going to have to be doing damage to units, right? So kind mm. of like forcing you. And I, I think that's a great point, too, about the shields, forcing you to make decisions about how you're going to add up damage to, you know, these units. And there, there are quite a bit of strong one toughness units out there, too. So you got to be careful when you, you put those on your deck, you know, like you just die to Vader, right? Um, or even even later when he flips, you know, two damage is quite a bit. So he's clearing things, he's clearing things out real fast.
0: Yeah, I love the theme for Vader. He's just he's scary.
2: Yeah. Like <laughs> he's
0: he's a very threatening character being able to deal little pink damage on one cost characters that have one health. Like Death Star Stormtrooper goes so well into the Darth Vader deck because you get a 3-1 body and you can activate Vader's ability because you start with two resources like on the board. However, in a mirror match, you kind of don't want to play the Stormtrooper first. Because then your opponent could play their stormtrooper and then kill your stormtrooper. And now you're down a right. body, you're down a resource, and they've got a 3-1 body. They just KO'd one of your stormtroopers, and they put a damage on your base. Oh, <laughs> like, right. oh it's it's just not. Yeah, mirror matches of Vader aggro decks are going to be the funniest thing. Because you kind of want to go second, so you can kind of feel <laughs> out your opponent. Like, hmm, do you have a stormtrooper? Do I have a stormtrooper? Let's find
2: out. You just you just can't give him a target then, right? I mean, I, I don't know. Like, yeah, like if you're going second in that situation, you got to know that's you don't want to give him a target. So, yeah. um, I it, it, surprising. I mean, even like even if you're playing aggro decks with this game, you know, you're you're getting two cards a turn, right? So it's you're you're holding your cards. And, and getting them a stick are, is very important so yeah like you you definitely don't want to be in a situation where you know that their ability is just going to kill you because they're you got to assume that they could trigger their ability each turn um so yeah i, I agree that you got to really, be really careful of the mirror match for this
0: i feel like it's going to be turn one pass
2: <laughs> well yeah yeah, yeah. I, think I think that commonly happens a lot yeah there may be nothing to ping on the board but i'll ping
1: your base why not yeah. <laughs> right. but um yeah, I mean, since this episode is focused on leaders, I kind of want to do a quick aside here just to talk about how much I love the leader system is just implementing in the game at large. And of course, coming from Star Wars, very heavily inspired, you know, by just fiction in general. And so if you remember those old English classes that you kind of took, you know, in elementary school, middle school, even high school where they talk about, you know, the uh, exposition, rising action, climax, falling action, conclusion sort of thing, that is exactly how leaders play out in Star Wars Unlimited. You know where it's kind of like okay, we we set the stage, we have some things enter the battlefield. The leader is more passive in the early game and also more passive at the late game. And right, and like when the leader actually deploys, that's like the the climactic you know phase. So I think it's very on theme for Star Wars. It's kind of how you know a lot of great stories are made, and definitely true for the Star Wars movies. But um, yeah, I, I just like how. You know, the leader still there. It's still very relevant when it's in um, the non-flipped or non-deployed state. Uh, but, you know, just having that ramp up and then eventually the game, you know, the leader being defeated and then having that passive role again later on. It, um, it definitely makes a very interesting curve or like a curve to how games play out in SD, uh, SWU. Um, because a lot of times for a lot of other games, it's kind of like it just keeps on ramping up and then you're doing really crazy stuff at the end. Um, In my experience, a lot of games kind of calm down a bit at the end where it's just that last couple points of of life to the base because at that point the leader's been defeated, your things have been cleared and it's really just trying to squeeze in that last little bit of, uh, of damage. But yeah, I was curious if you guys had any thoughts about that or just like the design of the leader format in general here. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of TCG Cast.
0: We appreciate each and every one of our listeners for joining us on this week's episode. If you'd like to help the show out, definitely make sure to follow us on our social media accounts, such as Twitter and Facebook at TCGCast. Also, you can help support the show by picking up your trading card game accessories and singles at our sponsor, alchemistrefuge.shop. This is one of our favorite places to pick up cards for Lorcana, Pokemon, Magic the Gathering, and soon, Star Wars Unlimited. All the information and more will be in the show notes. So thanks again for joining us, and let's get back into this episode.
2: Yeah, I I, I do like it a lot. It makes it interesting, especially the... When to flip them right um mm-hmm. the, the right time to flip it is not always right when you can flip them um especially it depends a lot on what the hero's doing sometimes the unflipped version is better right um you definitely want to save it for um uh, a power turn for a lot of these these heroes so that's an interesting balance point i've, I've seen as a game as i play more games is like do i want to go all in now do i want to put my leader at risk um what am i getting out of this you know it's not it's not Depends on the, the deck you're playing, but it's not always just a straightforward answer about like just flipping and, and going ham, right? Um, so I think that that balance part of it, but on the other hand, like being able to balance what turn they can flip into their unit side, you know, that that also, like from a game design perspective, um, must be really hard to balance. You know, I just it just seems like, uh, you know, if, I, if a hero, you know, flips one turn later than they probably should, um, then are they going to see play, right? Um, like so. I don't know. It's 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 just a really interesting thing to think about, and a really interesting thing um, to actually like play in the game about experiencing that that economy of like, can I make it to turn six? Can I make it to turn seven? Right? Um, what I got to do to do that? And even then, is that power boost going to going to win me the game or stop my opponent from winning the game?
0: Yeah, and I agree with Greg. I think the most interesting thing about Star Wars Unlimited is. The game is kind of on like a roller coaster or a bell curve. You start the game and you're kind of getting resources and you're kind of building a board, but neither player really has much. And then once you get like three, four turns in, you kind of hit that sweet spot where a lot of cards are very powerful in that range, or you're going to play multiple small units. And so you're flooding your board with a bunch of weenies, but they're going to ready up in the next turn you're gonna have a ton of attacks and sometimes you've got these like anthem characters that give all of your stuff plus one plus one so your little boar that isn't super scary becomes scary and it's this interesting dance of do i play my leader now do i wait do i use their ability do i not use their ability and the most fun i've had is around that turn five six seven when you can deploy your leader and you're just waiting for the right moment to show up as Darth Vader or Luke Skywalker or Han Solo, you just come in blasting or swinging a lightsaber and the opponent's like, Oh, Oh God, no, not, not now, please. Yeah. There's like this interesting tension because a lot of games I don't feel have this known tension of this threat is going to hit the board and I've just crossed the threshold to play this threat for free because all of the leaders have an epic action that once you have a specified amount of resources on the board, you can just turn them into a unit and use them as whatever you want because they come into play readied, they can attack, they can use their abilities. So you're, you're playing the game and then immediately once you hit that threshold of, Oh, Darth Vader can become a unit uh wait what and he's a 5'8. and when he attacks he deals two damage to a unit so you have to think about like is he going to attack my base is he going to attack a unit on my field do i play a sentinel to try and slow him down do i hold on to this princess leia to try and exhaust him what do i do and it opens up this decision tree of a lot, like an exponential amount of opportunities. And so, having that tension build slowly, and all of a sudden, like, bam, you are in the thick of it. What do you do? I love that because the game is just never ending. And it's always going to be something unique. Like, you're always building into this kind of oh, crap moment of, okay, what do I do? How do I stop it? How do I minimize my losses? So a Vader doesn't just show up out of the blue. You slap a Vader's lightsaber on, and then like half of my board is gone for no reason.
1: Right, and uh, this actually kind of ties back to perhaps an early concern I had about the game. And I don't have enough games under my belt to really be able to say for sure one way or another, but leaders are by far... The best on-rate characters in the game because they cost zero, you know. <laughs> yeah. and, um, you know they they have crazy effects. They, um, you know, uh, I wouldn't say warp. Maybe that's not the right word, but they definitely are a focus of the they game. Influence. As soon as they they influence the game very widely, um, when they enter uh the battlefield, right. And so, you know, one of my big questions going to set one is like, how much does the game? rely around leaders. And of course it is a leader game, right? <laughs> it's a leader based game. Of course they should to some extent, but my question is really just, is this tempo swing too big? And I think that's a a question that I am going to be very interested in learning more about as we see the set one meta develop and beyond.
0: Yeah. It's, it's a very fair question. I think that the designers have taken that into account. And so I've yet to see a leader at the current state. That's just so meta defining, so game warping that it needs you know either to be banned or it's just clearly the front runner to be like the best deck
1: ever. Yeah, we've and it just, helps that your opponent has one too, right? So it's not completely yeah. one sided. Yeah,
0: yeah. We we've just like all the effects are very good, and I think that's kind of the fun thing about the game right now is I I don't really see a leader that's noticeably worse. There are some leaders that arguably have less interesting effects, but usually that also changes to, hey, this leader can come out earlier than yours. So I think that's kind of the, the balancing point is leaders that have less attack, less health, less powerful or polarizing effects. They can also come out when you have like, five or four resources on the board something about like sabine ran her ability she's a, a aggression hero so red white uh she has an action you uh exhaust her to deal one damage to each base yours and your opponents and she can deploy if you have four or more resources and when she's deployed she's a two five body within the same effect on attack deal one damage to each enemy base so she can come out really really early like super early are her stats amazing no, two fives, not terribly scary, but she's out like really fast because you start the game with two resources. So she can be out by turn two. Uh, that's that's very, very good compared to Vader, who comes out when you have seven or more resources. So that would be turn five because yeah, again, colors
1: that don't predominantly ramp either. Like yeah, right. Vader's de- deployment is late game, but you could pair
0: green into Sabine and get her out early. Potentially you could pair green into Vader and get him out early. Potentially. There's a lot of right. potentiality, uh, if you want to do that. So I, I do think you have a really good grasp on the leaders. Like they're th- probably the most important thing in the game because your deck is built around them. They're essentially a zero cost unit and they're very, very impactful when they show up, they, they do yeah. a lot.
1: And I think it is as well cool that, like, on their base form, they're basically just like enchantments, kind of, where many other leader-based games basically just treat them like a character that you can swing into, whereas this is like, okay, well, it's a permanent, it has effects. Sometimes they're characters, but as soon as they're defeated, they're back to that permanent enchantment mm-hmm. sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, the, um Unlimited is implementing leaders in a different way than basically all the other leader-based card games are right now.
0: Yeah, I I think in a very fun way, like super interesting. Yeah, I think so too. But with that point being said, I would love to hear your favorite leader and what you're kind of brewing around there, Greg.
1: Yeah, so I talked about a little bit at the beginning of the episode, but Chewbacca walking carpet um, is blue and heroic. Uh, My chosen color pairing, I think that this is kind of just a no-brainer. Pair it with green. Um, Chewbacca on the non-deployed side basically allows you to rest him, and then play a three cost. um, It gains Sentinel for the phase, three cost or less by paying its cost. Um, And essentially, what are you trying to protect here? A a really good engine. Uh, RTD2, uh, Ignoring Protocol and C-3PO Protocol Droid, um, combined together just allow you to generate quite a lot of advantage. Um, R2D2 says when played on attack, you look at top card your deck and then you put on top or bottom, subscribe basically, and then C-3PO, played or on attack, you choose a number, look at top card deck. If the cost is the chosen number, you reveal it and draw it. Guess what? You know what the cost is <laughs> of the card if you see R2-D2. And uh, dare I say, um, this the thing with that you play with Sentinel may just be a better way of protecting these than just stacking them with shield triggers like Luke does um, because you can just keep on playing out that Sentinel. The most obvious three costs that you want to be playing with this is Yoda Old Master. It is a 2-4 uh, for three, and... It restores two when it swings, but also you choose any number of players when defeated and draw a card. Obviously, you will not choose your opponent unless a oh, very fringe case happens. I, I I don't think there's an argument for it at this point. But um, yeah, Yoda has a lot of toughness, a lot of defense, has Sentinel. You get a card when he, when he eats out of there. And I, I think really the main reason that you want to be having Sentinels there is just to protect your... Um, R2-D2 through C-3PO engine. But aside from that, it's just good to have a walking target on Yoda's back, <laughs> you know, to get that card. Um, so uh, the backside of Chewbacca uh, deploys on seven or more resources, uh, has Sentinel naturally. So it's not just for the phase this time. Uh, it's, you know, it's going to last until the end of the game or until he gets defeated. And, um, he also has grit, which means it gets plus one, plus zero for each damage on it. So the idea here is to have Chewbacca pick off a couple things um, and then get him really beefy. And then at that point, hopefully you start doing some ginormous swings to the opponent's base uh, oh. to then end the game off that way. And a uh, nine health can be quite tricky to deal with. Um, and of course, Chewbacca protects everything else on the field. Um and so I th- I think that kind of wraps up Chewbacca as a whole. It's just kind of more mid rangey. I'd like to say provides protection where it counts. Uh, you know, Chewbacca is a beloved character. <laughs> I love him quite a bit. Um, and that's kind of how the deck tries to win. And of course, Chewbacca could just be defeated and at that point. You just you go for the attrition thing where you just like you have an engine. You keep on playing things at sentinel. You try to hide your things that are going to be dealing a lot of damage to the base. Um, there's like some other cards that are worth noting. So it's kind of like a field based deck where you play a lot of things to field. So you can have Admiral Akbar, um, restore one, one, four for three, and then you deal damage equal to a unit equal to the number of units you control in its arena. So typically this is going to be a lot of uh, ground stuff. There's more ground in this deck typically than space, but of course you're playing Star Wars Unlimited. So you have to kind (laughs) of bite the bullet and play some space eventually um home one's really fun to play uh eight costs so around the time that you bring a chewbacca you can bring on a home one and then each other friendly unit gains restore one so if you need a little bit more survivability in the late game if your sentinels were enough at protecting your base this will certainly <laughs> give you enough swings oh, i hate to, that card yeah restore and then um yeah, you can play um, a heroic unit from discard pile and it costs three less. And we plan a lot of three costs, so a lot of times that means that your card's going to be zero. Um, I think there's a f- fairly new card. Uh, Redemption uh, has its eight mana, six, uh, nine stats. And then when played, you heal up to eight total damage from any number of units or bases, deal that much damage to this unit. So anything that kind of gets picked off early on with Sentinel, you can kind of heal it up and then have Redemption take on a lot of it. It also has Sentinel in the air. Um, and so, I mean, maybe, just maybe, if Chewbacca's so close to dying, you can, like, swing at Chewbacca. If they don't have an attack, you can then heal Chewbacca, and so he's still there, yeah. you know, to live for another day. There's a lot of cool stuff that you can do, but, um, you know, really, I, I just love this this kind of style here that we're going for, where it's still uh, more aggressive-based but it kind of adds in that defense for good measure where you can really protect the stuff that that really counts in your game.
0: Yeah, and, and you've got things like the new Luke Skywalker, that seven cost. That oh, yeah. It's got restore three when you play, give an enemy unit negative three, negative three for this phase. If a friendly unit was defeated this phase, give that enemy unit negative six, negative six, like oh that's a lot of <laughs> that's a lot of stat debuffing like that's that's rough buddy
1: right and of course there's you know takedown vanquish those are just i i think oh. probably some premium removal in this game so far they yeah. do really they do a lot for how much they're really costing and then chewbacca um has this epic epic action or awaken as i like to call it uh later in the game so it's seven or more so you can just play some resupplies and then hope that I can see there a bit faster if your um if your strategies really depend on the leader, which Chewbacca is, in my opinion.
2: You know, this is a topic for another another podcast, but um I mean the art in the game is is definitely I don't know. Uh either you hate it or love it, I guess. Um
1: <laughs> I like it. I like it. I'll, I'll be on the one that uh the champions the art in this game, I guess. <laughs> I,
2: I, I'll take the hit here and say I am I'm not trying to be too negative, but the, the art for this car is rough for me, man. I don't know. It just it the Chewbacca. Not, it's Chewbacca I'm art. with you. I'm with you on that. I it does I, not I and art's a big part. I mean, again, art and theme for games are a big part part for me. And so um, the art it, it, so far has been my again. This uh, I don't want to get too far into it, but it's not been super consistent. Um, and something like this just doesn't just kind of takes me out of it a little bit. Like you know, I kind of like don't, don't have fun like looking at the art on this card. So that's I mean, again, it's personal. I mean, I'm sure somebody can look at it and say they love the art, right? So I'm not. I'm not. Um, I think that's a valid point. I'm not, not Chris over to there anybody. talking
1: like, oh, some people may like the art, <laughs>
2: but they would be wrong. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay okay good. Now,
0: now give me hear me out on this one Chris. yeah if you're looking at the card look at the han solo artwork behind chewbacca it looks, that, that looks decent that looks i decent, know yeah. i know that han solo looks so good i'm like can yes. we get a i want an artwork of that like as an alternate art he's just oh it's so stoic man
2: so, this artist could, I mean, it's not the artist's fault. I don't know what the direction is. You know, I don't like it, does that, that looks like no Chewbacca I've ever seen. So, I don't know, like, it looks, looks like a hairball. Like, you know, like a, like a, a chicken. Tender. God, it's a walking carpet. It's, it's perfect. <laughs> I, guess, I guess, I guess they went to the theme of the card. It, it does look like a walking carpet. That it is true. It looks like a walking, it's like a <laughs> I, I will say red that. carpet with a gun. I will, I will say that they got that part of the card right. Yeah yeah i mean
1: I, we, we yeah we can talk about the art later but uh yeah i'm uh i'm a bit more of an interesting case when it comes to card games all the cards could just be white space and then right. like i i would still play the games just for right. them the, the mechanic wise um but yeah in my non-professional non uh trained eye um it's kind of going for like a comic book style which i think is in, is pretty interesting uh it's more stylistic um I know you talked about maybe the art being inconsistent. I'd have to take a look at the set. That's not the impression I've gotten so far. But uh, yeah, we can save the debate for a later time if you want. We, to. We'll yes. definitely have an You're artwork not. episode. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I, I, it's a good topic to kind of wrap up on.
0: But I mean, like, if you look at the leaders, just just the leaders, like, there's a really vast set of art going on. So, like, yes. if you look at, like, the Han Solo, that that looks like... Like artwork, very cool, but it looks like super stylized. Kind of, it looks like one of the artworks you would get when you go to a theme park and they do like the caricature of you. Yeah. Like all of the all the facial features are just kind of overdone. Like again, looks cool, but then you look down at like Boba Fett, looks exactly like the comic books, like super super cool. And then you look at something like Cassie Andor, I don't know what i'm looking at here (laughs) right but i do know there's people who love cassian's art and hate hans art and i like hans art and i don't like cassian's art and like that's kind of the interesting thing because i talked to to jim who works um at fantasy flight games and we'll have him on one of these days but um jim cartwright was talking about when i asked him about the art i was like you know it's it's kind of all over the place like what's the deal Yeah, because when you think about literally insert any trading card game here, they generally follow a very standardized pattern. So like if you're thinking about Lorcana, they're pretty much following a standardized pattern of artwork from whatever Mm -hmm. source material. If you think about magic, it's in a fantasy theme, Yu-Gi-Oh, it's anime, Pokemon, it's anime, yada yada. They don't deviate too terribly much. And his answer was fascinating. He said, "We, we created art that we thought was cool that anyone and everyone can enjoy. But that also means there's a lot of people who might not like certain art pieces because it just doesn't vibe with them. And I thought that was one of the most amazing answers because I do agree. The artwork is very polarizing. There's a lot of artwork I don't like and there's a lot of artwork I really like. Yeah. And I don't recall a card game where I've ever had that. Like if, when I think about magic, it's like, yeah, that art's kind of okay. It's cool, whatever. It's magic. But like in Star Wars Unlimited, I actually have a bend, like an actual investment in certain cards. It's like, yeah, I love this card. I want the full art hyperspace. Like borderless version of this. And then there's certain cards where I'm like, yeah, that could be a coaster for my soda. I just don't care. I'm, I'm not interested.
2: I, I, got, I just got, they did my boy Jabba. Jabba's one of my favorite characters of all time in Star Wars world. And they did him dirty game, man. They, I mean, they did him dirty.
0: No, no, no. It's just a unit. We don't have a lead. They, they're
1: going to have
2: more Jabbas. It's cool.
1: But, <laughs> I mean, the unit, I
2: don't, I mean, the one card we have right now is. I, 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 I don't know where that art came from. I don't know why he looked like he had a heart attack or had a brain aneurysm. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> the boy, he already, you know, was a mutant slug. He made him look like, I don't know. So, don't know. but yeah, again, like, <laughs> if, that, if that's the answer to the game, that they want to reach a wide variety of people, I can see that. Because, <laughs> yeah, I don't, if you just, and I'm no expert. This is all just my own opinion. I, like, but like, looking at the whole set, looking at all the cards, yeah, like, th- there's just so many different art styles that, like yeah, from card to card it is like it doesn't feel like most of these games. And again, I think we're doing the discussion now, but you know, <laughs> um
1: off the script. But it's okay. Well, that's yeah, it's interesting. So that's, we'll talk that's about the fun it. of it. Yeah. Magic,
2: <laughs> magic to a certain point has become so scripted, right? Like they have like the, the whole set art design has to fit within these parameters, you know. And you have like they they give people uh, they're very tight on what. What the what the set looks like? like all of whole. it's so
1: milquetoast that it, it, they are just all look very exactly. similar to my mind. You know, it's just like I'm I, not. Yeah, gone are the days of like the very stylized art, like. Oh, man, I I love – I think this is one of the reasons you really like sorcery as well, Chris. But, like, man, I love the ABU
2: art style. It's very rough around the edges, but it has a lot of soul, you know? But, but like but, – but no, but like, – so that – I can see – I think that answer about wanting to have a piece of art that fits everybody and wanting to reach different people, that to me is sorcery. Because that – first of all, it's hand-drawn art. It's art where, you know, you have artists. artist – you know taking the car description making their you know drawing what they think fits that or are fi- finding existing art to fit that theme right and then like so there again there's no consistency with sorcery set but it, i don't i don't there's no sorcery cards that i've seen that are like terrible you know that they maybe repel me like i've seen in star wars a limit so <laughs> i don't know fair. why that i don't know, know why that is i think maybe maybe some of this is like the digital aspect of it maybe some of it is you know lack of direction i don't know um but yeah like i mean I, I, there are certain cars I, I i have a few cars that i really like but the few cars like i told like the, the probably one of the worst ones for me is that walking carpet car so I'm, i had to bring it up <laughs> yeah okay I'll, I'll say it like this right
1: imagine this scenario right where like i don't know i was in a I didn't know about Star Wars Unlimited. I was in a coma or like went through a time machine, whatever we're in like the year 2050, 20, 2060, 20, whatever. And they go like, Oh, this is an interesting piece of trading card game history. Look at the Star Wars Unlimited game. And I look at the art and they go like, do you want to guess when this game came out? And I'll be like, uh, 2001. Uh, no, this game came out in 2024. <laughs> <You know? Like, laughs> and like, that's not to say that like, like it has a very early uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, two right. oh, thousands. Yeah, so, yeah, like, yeah. 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 That's a good point. It's interesting that, you know, 2024 is the time of release, but, you know, I, I guess it has its uh, certain ap- appeal to it. But, uh, yeah, thanks for listening to that, uh, <laughs> that <laughs> story. Diatry- but, like, <laughs> that diatribe, right? But, like, that's – to me, that's the best way I can describe a, a Star Wars Unlimited's art, you know?
0: Yeah, it, it does feel very 2000s. I, I think it feels very comic booky. There's just so many different some pieces of, it, of some art. Some of it
2: does. Some of it does. You know, some, I, I agree with yeah. you. There, there's some that don't fit in a comic book, which is just – you know the other thing that kind of like is a thematic player, and I'm not sure where we're on the timing. I guess we're going all over a little bit, but the fact that there's no flavor text, and I don't know, I don't, I don't know if you guys have talked about that yet, because um, I, I missed last no, couple of shows.
0: We haven't but really actually. That's that's that, a good point. That's a that's another episode. Yeah, we could talk about that. Yeah, but that just
2: that really knocks me out out of the out of that part of the game too, where it's it's hard for me to kind of find a connection to the cards with I don't see the flavor text to me does a lot. You know. Like oh. I, lo- I love flare- I love flavor text to help me like get into the card, get into the that part of the game, like understand the world, understand what we're doing, understand what the point of the card is. All like kind of, like the fact that there's no flare text on any of these cards, which I don't know. I hope hopefully we'll see flavor text at some point. It's kind of if we don't see it now, I don't know if that I don't know what that what that's telling us. Um, but I hope that they will have flare text in the future. Okay. OK, well, anyway. these are
0: all these are all really good points. And that's kind of the big reason why we're very much in love with Star Wars Unlimited. Yep. Is it the perfect game? No, there is no perfect game. Is it fun? Yes, yes. it's a lot yeah. of fun. Um, it's it's a OK. So without going too much longer because we are going over our projected time. <laughs> but Star Wars Unlimited is it's a lot of fun. I think that's one of the most important things for a game. That's why we play Larkana. That's why we play Sorcery. That's why we play all the games we do. They're fun. If a game's not fun, it's not really enjoyable to play. Right. But the, the other thing is, a lot of us on the team are very heavy Star Wars fans. We've watched the movies, we've watched the shows, we've read books, yada, yada. Or, for those of us who aren't super heavy in Star Wars, we're very... like
1: card games. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we're very much in love with card games.
0: And I think Star Wars Unlimited marries two different universes very well together. I think it marries a Star Wars universe where there's a lot of narrative storytelling. You know, you've got Luke and Leia and Vader and all these characters that have been around for many, many years. And it marries together card mechanics that are fun like Star Wars Unlimited is a genuinely fun game. Is it the best game ever? No, absolutely not. Is it a really fun game? Yes, it Mm -hmm. definitely is. And, you know, with more sets coming out and more pieces of art, and I, I agree, like some of the art is very divisive and some of the art is very cool. And some of the art I think looks just, silly like there's a there's a zeb card from rebels he looks like he's coming out of a saturday morning cartoon (laughs) i don't i don't know if it's good or bad but it's like here's all these like semi serious kind of anime comic book like hand-drawn pieces of art and like no offense i love zeb i love rebels but it's like zeb just kind of feels kind of awkward because he looks like he's out of a like children's cartoon yeah Like like Teen Titans go style cartoon. I'm like, well, his card is cool. His art, I don't I don't want that on a playmat. But then of course I feel like, you know, Chopper got revealed and Chopper looks amazing, but it's more that anime style. So like, yeah, there's a lot going on with the art. And we'll talk about that in a future episode. But I think the most important part of Star Wars Unlimited is I really do think they're taking that unlimited like very seriously because the art is very unique. The mechanics are very unique. The leaders are very unique. You have a space arena and a ground arena. That's pretty unique. It forces the opponent and the player to think, what card do I play? How do I sequence my actions? What do I do with this card? Do I play it? Do I send it to the resource pile? Do I save it? It's a very, very fluid game. And once it gets into people's hands, I really think this will be a popular game. Will it Overrun the big three? That's the question everyone never. asks on YouTube. No, <laughs> no, no, this, no card game no. will
1: ever do that. Yeah, no, no. I don't think this <laughs> game
0: was designed to be a big three killer. Next big investment root, you know, Rudy's buying cases of Star Wars. No, no. Also, no. if anyone
1: ever tries selling you a game saying it's the big three killer, no, run, run yeah. yeah, like run. Wait, there's Lorcan. I was
0: supposed to kill. I'm just kidding. Um, but but that's kind of the thing that I get as a takeaway after playing quite a few games, both with friends and all. Online, like it's just a fun game. Like, this is a really solid Star Wars game, and I would be happy to play it as a 1v1 as a multiplayer game. It's just a really fun game, you can kind of play like 15 minutes or less. Like, it's not very long, yeah. That's the best, yep. Yep.
2: I
1: agree
2: and that's
0: that's, that's for me. The selling point is you know, sorcery it takes a long time, Lorcana, yep. it can take a long time. Star Wars Limited, you could be done in like turn seven.
2: It's right. pretty quick. Even the and control, then, even the control decks for this game, it yeah. it, it, it moves fast.
0: Yeah, yeah. Game is really well paced. It's a fast game. It's well paced. Yeah. It feels like the movies. There's just a lot going on. There's there's not much downtime. There's not much you know build-up. It's like, hey, we're going on an adventure. Hey, we're fighting. Hey, it's game over. Hey,
1: you want to go get some pizza? Yeah, yeah. I, I love the, that's um, the best point. Yeah, one of the big things. I don't know if you guys have the same gameplay experience, but I just love the. Uh, it kind of feels like a coffee break when you draw your two and your resource. You're just like, all right, you ready? That's a, that's going for another round, but like real quick, let's take a, let's take a quick break, you know? Yeah. Um, But just that sort of like segmented gameplay, it's kind of hard to describe. It's something that can more be felt, I guess, especially if you're, you know, friends of the person you're playing against, but uh, yeah, it's just one of those really things that are one of those good things I really like about this game's pacing and gameplay. I, I really hope
0: they- tournaments play Star Wars music while you're playing this game because it <laughs> just it fits so well. Like if you're playing like a space deck, it's like dun 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 dun. You yeah. know, it it just feels like Star Wars, and I think that's amazing because a lot of games have a theme. But like Lorcana does not feel like I'm playing a Disney movie. It just doesn't. It, right? Yeah, it's this very it's this big Smash Brothers style collaboration. Right. And yeah. that's what's fun about it. But I I don't have a deck that's like themed to Aladdin or Lion King where it's just those cards. It's kind of a mishmash of characters and you know stats from different movies. Star Wars definitely feels like you're in that movie you're in that section of whatever you're doing it's like okay you know r2d2 and c3po are doing their thing and then some stormtroopers are busting in and shooting them up and it feels like the very beginning of episode four there's so many interactions we've had like uh, greg and i play games where i bust out the emperor and he busts out luke and then he plays a removal spell and kills the emperor i'm like oh i remember this in the in the films that's <laughs> that's no good you know emperor's gone and luke is still standing it's like all right i've seen this before what do i do here
1: yeah and then i mean of course there's gonna be some flavor fails but uh you know just like why are these two characters fighting but i mean i mean still for the most part um very thematic game indeed um yeah Yeah. I, i feel like we covered a lot of ground today are we uh uh, getting started to wrap up here. Chris, you got any thoughts before we get on out of here, my man?
2: Nope. Thanks again. Good to talk to you guys again. I'm excited. I, I am unlimited, even though I have my critiques of the art, um, <laughs> but I, I, think it, I think it is a fun game and definitely will um, reach a certain segment of card game players out there.
0: So if we put googly eyes and draw a little curly villain mustache on Chewbacca, would that satisfy you? It would make it better. <laughs>
2: can't get much worse <laughs> all right well, oh, wow. well that, that's that's
0: the end of the show today folks well i'm sorry you know, to the
2: artist. i again i know you you're a much better artist than i am it just doesn't doesn't, doesn't please,
0: please send uh please send money to buy googly eyes and a sharpie for chris to improve his chewbacca experience with a villainous mustached chewbacca <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, Yo, you're getting right. judge-called for marked cards next time, Chris. No, no, it doesn't go <laughs> in your deck. Leaders never go oh, into the you're deck. Oh, right. Oh, no. Yeah, I can't wait for PSA Slab Showcase leaders. We talked about this last time. Oh, yeah. Time. yeah. We you know, we going know what's going to happen. We'll oh, I'm going to we'll say, say 10. But, yep, yeah, yep, for sure, yep, yeah.
2: Yep.
0: Well, Chris, when I come visit you in March for the release, uh, if you pull a Chewbacca, I'll have some googly eyes and a Sharpie ready to help you out, my man. I'm,
2: I'm ripping oh, the first Chewbacca. What, what, what if we get him a
0: hat? What kind of hat should we give Chewbacca? Give him a cowboy hat? Top hat? I have an idea. Get Uh a
1: brown carpet from the local Ollie's. (laughs) Put it out and make it textured,
2: textured <laughs> rare. Textured so he, you, you, you know, he, he is wearing a hat. He's wearing a hat in the picture already. <laughs> I,
0: I said we get him a New York Yankees baseball cap. That would yeah, be a, That's you know. a true. That's a new baca. rarity announcement. TXR textured
2: <laughs> rare. We're up to today. The Dallas Cowboys. They did terrible today. So oh a, man! Him yeah. <laughs> get him a
0: Cowboys hat. There we go. Here, here how we about some Cowboys? Oh my gosh! Uh, All right, uh, we're getting out of here. Thank <laughs> you, everyone, for showing us oh oh my god this is hilarious yeah if you're enjoying the show definitely check us out on facebook and twitter at well formerly known as twitter now known as X, x and youtube at tcgcast all the show notes will have all the links and the doodads thanks for joining us we will see everyone on next week's episode remember may the force be with you Thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode of TCG Cast. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media at TCG Cast on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. And if you're looking to pick up a brand new set of trading card game singles or accessories, go check out our sponsor, AlchemistRefuge.shop. This is where we pick up all of our supplies, and we highly recommend you should too. Thanks for joining us on this week's episode. We'll see everybody next time. And remember, play games and have fun. I don't wanna be